Sybil set her sketch aside and covered her face with her freezing hands. She wished someone would come and spirit her far away, out of the Queen's reach. She was furious with her brothers for abandoning her. After sending reassurances for months and ordering her to wait for them here at her uncle's castle, they and her uncle had escaped to France, leaving the rest of them to the Queen's mercy, as if that spiteful woman had any. A shadow fell over her. How did James find me out here? She had not left the warmth of her uncle's hall to sit under this tree on the frozen ground because she wanted company, particularly his. I thought ye left, James, she said, still keeping her hands over her eyes. I told ye I won't do it, so go. When she did not hear James walk away, Sybil was tempted to kick him. Exasperated, she dropped her hands and sucked in her breath. A huge highland warrior stood over her. Her heart thumped wildly as she dragged her gaze from his giant sword, the tip of which rested mere inches from her foot, to the dirks and axe tucked in his belt, and then to his broad, muscular chest. She had not yet reached his face, when he spoke in a deep voice that seemed to make the ground vibrate beneath her. "'My name is Mackenzie,' he said. "'I've come for you.' come for her? Sweat prickled under her arms. The queen had found her. I've done nothing wrong, she said. What are the charges against me? The Highlander merely grunted and held out his hand. She ignored it and forced herself to raise her gaze to his face. Despite the fierce green eyes that were locked on her like a wild cat who has found his prey, the wholly irrelevant thought that he was exceedingly handsome sprang into her head. He was young, with strong, masculine features, and she knew ladies at court who would kill to have that shade of auburn hair. We must go, he said, which jarred her attention back to the danger she was in. Do I not merit a full escort? she asked, attempting to put on a brave front. No matter how formidable this Mackenzie was, it was odd that the Queen would send a lone man to fetch her. "'Tis easier to escape notice if we travel alone,' he said. Her jaw dropped. "'Escape?' "'Aye,' he said. "'We must hurry, lass.' "'I thought everyone had deserted us.' Tears sprang to her eyes. So many had called her friend just a few weeks ago. Not everyone has, he said, still holding out his hand. She was tempted to pick up her skirts and run away with this stranger, but she had learned as a young girl not to be so trusting. Did James send you? she asked, narrowing her eyes at the tall Highlander. Who the hell is James? she waved off the question. Just tell me who sent you. No one sent me, he said sounding insulted. Then he dropped to one knee, and she received the full benefit of his face up close. He was dangerously handsome. Who are you? Her voice came out in a whisper. Your husband, Rory Ian Fraser Mackenzie, he said. I've come to claim ye. Alas, this Highlander had not come for her after all. A damned shame, she murmured to herself. "'That's foul language for a lady,' he snapped, 
and whether ye like it or no, we have a marriage contract. Since couples sometimes did not meet until their wedding, Sybil was not shocked that the Highlander did not know his bride by sight. She was sorely tempted not to reveal that he had the wrong lass until they were miles away. But when he learned the truth, he'd probably dump her by the side of the road. I fear you've made a mistake, she told him. Most certainly, he said in a clipped tone. But I'm obligated all the same. A Mackenzie does not go back on his word. That is refreshing in a man, she said. But what I meant is that I'm not who you think I am.